was a pagan text from a pagan poem written to pagan people about a pagan god that found itself within the sacred canon of scripture. Scandalous. Somebody shout scandalous. How incredulous of this God of the Bible to do such a thing. A pagan text from a pagan poem written to pagan people. It's indicative of the fact that God does not throw away anything and that is especially true of people. I don't know who is sitting here today in this audience that might think that you're too far gone or you're too far thrown away that God cannot use you, but I would rise to this occasion on this Sunday morning and tell you that God does not throw away people. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what your circumstance may be. It doesn't matter how far you've gone or how deep in despair you are. The God of the Bible uses everything for his redemptive good and his redemptive purpose. And if you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. This God of the Bible is dangerous and he is unpredictable and he uses the things that people throw away. He will raise up a prostitute to save a city. He will use unbelieving and lying Abraham to make him as the seeds of the stars and the sand of the seashore. This God of the Bible will make an ax head swim and a donkey talk. He'll name a book after a prodigal prophet who saved a city that he didn't even love. He'll say to the widow that is on her last meal, give me that and I'll make sure that you have unlimited resources from this day forward. I tell you that the God of the Bible is dangerous. He'll raise up four lepers that don't walk like everybody walks and doesn't look like everybody else looks and God will use lepers, people that are broken. God will use them to deliver Israel. He's a God that cannot be boxed in. He is trusting, but he is not safe. We know that he never changes. The Bible said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But this God, somebody shout, he's mysterious. He said it in the scripture. He said, you don't understand how bones are formed in the womb of a, we- of a woman, but neither do you understand my ways, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. As the heaven is higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. The God of the Bible was mysterious in the way that he conducted his business, in the way he went about the cares of orchestrating mankind. I know you're sitting there and you're probably thinking, I got God figured out. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't figure out the God of the Bible. Just when you think you've got God boxed in and you think God is gonna orchestrate your deliverance by a way that you understand. I want to tell you, this God of the Bible will surprise you. He'll raise you up. He'll make a way where there is no way. He'll lead you through the Red Sea, through the fire, through the flood. This God is mysterious. 
And it was these Greeks in the Bible that thought they had God figured out during the fifth or sixth century, a certain poet, a Cretan seer by the name of Epitomes, this inspired mystic who in a moment of crisis was telling those Greeks who were searching but still searching, who were looking but still looking, who were reaching but still reaching, almost like the Bible records in 2 Timothy when he says they were always learning, but they were never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. And Paul alluded to them about this thing called philosophy, the love of wisdom. It seems like that is prevalent in our world today. People are asking and learning and questioning. Paul said, see to it in Colossians 2 and 8, that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to to human tradition. Paul was making a case. It doesn't matter if you go to a secular university, don't you let anybody take you captive by a new idea or a new truth or a new revelation. He said, you see to it. Somebody shout, see to it. See to it that you don't get swept away by empty deceit. See to it that you don't get swept away by human tradition. See to it that you don't get swept away by human tradition. And so this man, this mystic, this poet by the name of Epitomes, he crafts a line without knowing the phrase, without knowing what he was thinking, without knowing what he was writing. He writes a hymn and a poem to somebody by the name of Zeus. Everybody in here knows that Zeus, that mythological figment of man's idea and imagination. It was Zeus that was the sky and the thunder god. It was Zeus who was the king of gods. It was Zeus, the god of Mount Olympus. It was Zeus they called the king of the heaven, the chief of all gods, the all-father. He thought he was writing about Zeus. And it was this pagan poetry that was found within scripture. It was these words that had no meaning. It was this style without substance. It was this rhetoric without romance. And it was these poets, somebody say pagan. Somebody say poets. Say pagan poets. They were not believers. They didn't understand what we understand, but they crafted a line and they told this thing about Zeus, they thought. They said this, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. But when Paul said it, he was not talking about Zeus. He was not talking about some mythological God. He was talking about the God of the Bible. When he said, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. He was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. When Paul says it, and Luke writes it, it's no longer pagan, but it's power. I want you to think about that for a minute. When Paul says it, when Luke writes it, it's not pagan anymore, it's power. It's not Zeus, 
It's the Lord Jesus Christ. In Him, we live. In Him, we move. In Him, we have our being. I want to say to somebody that's sitting here, everything about us is not about us. It is in Him. In Him we sing. In Him we preach. In Him we worship. In Him we dance. In Him we praise. It is not in us. It is in Him. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands right now. Come on, clap your hands right now. Somebody shout in him. Now I'm gonna pastor just for a minute. We do a whole lot of this about us. We do a whole lot of preaching about us. It's about us being better. It's about us being blessed. It's about us being an overcomer. It's about us being the head and not the tail, above all and not beneath and all of that. And I preached it and I believe it. But I'm gonna tell you a truth. Without him, I thought y'all be excited preaching about, when somebody preaching about Jesus, I thought you'd be more excited. The reason we're here this morning, is not about us. The reason we worship, it's not about us. The reason we play and we sing, it is not about us. It is about the Lord. I thought you loved him. I thought you worshiped him. I thought you praised him. I thought it was about him and not about us. Elbow your neighbor and say, it's not about you. not about how many followers you got. It's not about how perfect your Instagram is. It's not about your career. It's not about how much money you got in the bank. Hold on. It ain't about how big your church is. I'm sorry to bust your bubble, but it's never been about you. And it's never been about me. In him, we live. In him, we move. In him, we have our being. It is about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Come on, clap your hands. Somebody shout in him. He said, without me, you do nothing. Nothing. You don't sing, you don't walk, you don't breathe. God claps his hands and your heart beats just like that. 
You wouldn't, you wouldn't have used it, well, I just decided to come to church. No, you didn't. You don't move without him. You don't live without him. When Paul says it, it's not a poem anymore. It's power. When Paul says it, it's not a tale anymore. It's a truth. When Paul says it, it's not just words on a script written about Zeus. It's words about the creator of the universe, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Isn't that just like God? To steal the words of a pagan poet and say you're talking about the wrong God. That's good. You're not acting like it's good, but it's good. (laughs) You mean God, God would hijack the mystic's words and say, you're talking about the wrong one. He says, your gods have mouths. I echo the psalmist. Your gods have mouths, but they do not speak. They have ears, but they do not hear. They have noses, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not feel. They have feet, but they do not walk. It's not Zeus that's all powerful. It's not Zeus that rules the heavens and the earth. It's not Zeus who is the God of gods. It's not Zeus who is the everlasting father. But we know who is. And he is called the ancient of days. He is called the bright and morning star. He is called the rock of ages. He is called lion of the tribe of Judea. We know who he is. (sighs) Whose head and hair are white like wool, white as snow, and eyes who are a flame of fire, and feet like fine brass, who has the voice of many waters. And when I saw him, John said, I fell at his feet as a dead man, but it didn't stop there. He laid his right hand on me and said, fear not. I am the first and I am the last. I am the alpha and I am the omega. I know who he is. I know who he's talking about. I know in whom I live and move. And I have my being. I am here because Jesus is here. Somebody shout, he's here. 
Somebody shout, he's here. And he's far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also the age that is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and given him to be head over all things that is the church. And wherefore God has exalted him and given him a name above every other name. That at the name, are you embarrassed to say that name? Are you embarrassed to baptize in that name? Are you embarrassed to worship in that name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Clap your hands and praise that name. I've been at some of these dignified events. Jeremiah, councilman, I know how you pray. In, in the many names of God, we pray. No. There's one name. God has exalted him and given him a name. We are Jesus' name people. We preach Jesus. We preach Jesus. I, I don't know. I know maybe you're expecting some great message. Maybe you're expecting some orator. Maybe you're expecting something crafty and clever. I'm gonna tell you, I don't know anything, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. And he's better. Somebody shout better. The book of Hebrews can be synthesized into one word. Somebody shout better. Jesus is better than angels. He's a better testament. He's better promises. He's better hope. He's a better country. He's better sacrifices. He's a better resurrections. He's better things for us. And Paul said, when you got done saying all of that, to depart and be with Christ is far better. thousand generation I believe in I believe families blessed and churches blessed blessings overtake you I believe all of that but I want to tell you no matter how much money you got how many degrees you got hanging on your wall how big your church is how great your social media how good you sing how good you preach I want to tell you this God can do it all by himself he doesn't need any of us he said I can do it alone And he said, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. There's a clear and obvious opposite truth within the text. He said, without me, you can do do nothing, but for every truth, there's an opposite truth. That means this, with him. You can do anything. 
I want us to sing in Jesus' name. I want us to preach in Jesus' name. I want us to shake hands in Jesus' name. Because the whole Bible, when you go from the Old Testament all the way through Genesis, Jesus is in Genesis. Genesis is the blood post. Jesus is the lamb that was slain in Exodus. He's that blood on the doorpost. He's all throughout the Bible. He's Jonah that went down into the belly of hell but came up and couldn't do for himself what he did for others. I want to tell you, all through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, it's Jesus, 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 it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Let's get back to the name. Let's get back to recognizing it was Jesus. It was Jesus. In him, in him dwelt the fullness the fullness, that's what they said in Colossians. It was the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus. It was all in him. It was all in him. And it's in him that we live and move and have our being. Don't fall in love with me. Don't you fall in love with a church. Don't you fall in love with a denomination. If you're gonna fall in love with anything, fall in love with the Lord Jesus. Clap your hands to the Lord right now. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord Jesus. They turned the clock off the wall. I can't see what time it is. It's Jesus. It's, it's Jesus that saves us, it's Jesus that sanctifies us and it's the fullness, it's fullness of the Godhead bodily is in Jesus, it's all in. They used to, the old timers, it's all in him. It's all in him. Some of us think that apart from him, we can be sustained. Apart from him, you can live your own life. You can do what you wanna do. I wanna tell you, there is no life apart from him. He holds the cosmos together. He holds the stars in the blackness of a Milky Way. God puts them there. He commands the sparrows to go from this tree to the next tree. And without him, it all collapses. And we got to get back to realizing it's all in him. It's not in me. It's not in how crafty and clever we are, how good we do this, how good we sing, and I want the best. I want, I want, I want to do it with excellence, but I, you got to remember at the end of the day, he was doing it by himself. People, I, I used to meet, meet people say, well, I'm, I'm irreplaceable. I'm going to say, you know you're not. No, you're not. There's only one person that's irreplaceable, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you need to be introduced to. I'm almost done. He said, so there's two truths within the text. The obvious truth in him, we live and we move and we have our being. That's the obvious truth. We live in him, we move in him, we have our being, our existence is in him. 
That's the obvious truth that he wasn't talking about Zeus, but he was talking about himself. The second truth is this, that God will raise up out of places that you didn't expect him to come. That God will raise up a pagan prophet to tell a truth about him. God is not back, ladies and gentlemen, God's not backed in a corner. God is not in a box. God is not in trouble. God is not worried about what plan B should be. It's always been plan A with God. God's always been in control. God is in charge. He sits high and he looks low. Heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. Here's the truth, that if God will raise up a pagan prophet to think he's talking about Zeus, what else will God do in the back streets of your own life? What else will this God of the Bible do that raises up in the margin, in the shadows and perform a work that you didn't expect him to perform and do something you couldn't anticipate him doing? I wanna tell somebody that God is still showing up in unlikely places. God is showing up when you least expect him to, making a way that you didn't know how you were gonna make a way. You didn't know how you was gonna come out of it. And God, when you think he's coming in one door, God will come in the back door and meet your need wherever you are. Who is this? Coming out of Edom, whose garments is stained with blood. It is the Lord, mighty in battle. Out of Edom, out of the Edomites' hometown, out of the most unlikely places. God says, I'm coming out of there. You don't even see me coming from these hell. God can't come from those. God can't come from that side of town. God can't do it with my family from over there. They're too far gone. It's too dark. It's too desolate. It's, it's, that, that situation is too far gone. I want to tell you, in him, we live. In him, we move. In him, we have our being. I want you to raise your hands right now all across this building. Come on, it's in him. Come on, raise your hands, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. It's really, it's Jesus on the mountain. It's Jesus in the valley. It's Jesus in the street. It's the Ancient of Days. It's the Rose of Sharon. It's the Lily of the Valley. He's the bright and morning star. The reason there's a church here is because it ain't because of some prestigious legacy. The reason a church is here is because Jesus. The reason you're still in your right mind is because of Jesus. The reason you didn't take your life is because of Jesus. The reason you're not in rehab this morning is because of Jesus.
and Jesus. John, he's the best thing. He's the best thing that ever happened to us. If you're a visitor here and you're wondering how do those people get that way, I'm gonna tell you how. It ain't because we're so smart. It ain't because we're so slick. Suave. Y'all, listen, some of y'all lost your suave a long time ago. You ain't seen suave. Only suave you've seen is the hair shampoo. I, I never seen it. I've never seen it. They say, Stella got a groove back. Some of y'all ain't never got a groove. <clears throat> There's not enough preaching about Jesus. And I know as I preach this, I run the risk. I, I know stuff to preach. I know what's, I know the buttons. I know, I know I've, I've done this. We've done this for 30 some years. I know, I know how to get a response out of a crowd. I know how to do I know how to turn it over. But we don't hear enough preaching simply on Jesus. Just Jesus. Just, it's just Jesus. And I, I've been guilty of, you know, pre- preach them you know, up the mountain, preach them up the mountain, you know, you know pick them up, pick them up, pick them up, pick them up, set the tone, set the tone. And I've done that. And you know what? I've done a disservice to some of you. What I need to be preaching to you is Jesus. I need to preach to you that Jesus Christ is truly as simplistic as I can say it, is simply what every person on the earth needs today. It's Jesus. Let's stand. It's in him we live. It's in Him we move. It's in Him we have our being. Now, I want you to raise your hands all over this house and just love the Lord right now with me. Just love Him. I love you, Jesus. Walk into this place, Lord. or two or three are gathered in my name. Is that scripture got old to you? Is that scripture too old for you? Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. Do you believe that anymore? Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Do you really believe he's here? Do you really believe that Jesus is here? Come on, if if you really believed he was here, You'd raise your hands. You'd run to the altar. You'd throw your hands up all across this building. If you had to crawl down on your knees on broken glass to say, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering, I want to know Jesus. Do you believe he's here?
Come on, raise your hands right now. All I shouldn't have to beg you on this altar call. I shouldn't have to beg you to come and raise your hands to your Lord and Savior. I shouldn't have to ask you to pray to your Lord and Savior. I'm trying to know him better. I'm trying to know him better. I'm trying to know him richer and deeper and more me. I'm not just trying to come to a church. I'm not just trying to join a church. I'm trying to be transformed. I'm working to be like him. I'm not like him. I'm not like him. I'm not enough like him. I'm trying to be more like Jesus. Everybody in this building ought to have your hands raised to the Lord and Savior, to the God of the cosmos, to the maker of heaven and earth. Yeah.